Hello, everyone. Welcome to the new and improved Nasty Nation here on Anchor. I'm your host, Chug Nasty. Um, I know that some of you uh, may be wondering why the change. Um, yes, I did have uh, the other podcast called uh, Loud and Nasty um, not too long ago. Uh, and it ended at the end of last year. So, um, after reviewing, uh, episodes and whatnot and how I was doing things, I wasn't exactly pleased. Um, I found myself not, not liking how it was going. Um, I had awesome guests on, I had a few, few awesome guests on that, that I appreciate, uh, them being on. I hope to have them on again. Um, but just due to, to certain things, I, I thought, you know, I want to go back to the old school way of, of how I did things. Now, although a lot of you probably never heard the, the original Nasty Nation that I used to do uh, on a different uh, platform, um, just know it was a lot more fun than Loud and Nasty was. And, uh, and I plan on continuing that fun because that's me, Mr. Fun. <laughs> but um, this is the first episode. Um, sorry, I took a sip of my Burger King Surge. It's very, very tasty. New little energy in me. Um, let's see here. I guess what I probably needed to, to there are some changes. Um, the, there's not going to be any music. Um, and that, that's for, that's for, uh, some, some other reasons. Um, basically I don't, uh, want to end up getting in trouble with copyright or anything of that nature because you never know. Um, cause I don't know how big this show will get. I'm not looking for it to be like a, a boom, you know, nationwide, like, you know, huge thing. Like I'm not looking to be the next Howard Stern, although it would be cool. Um, and I just don't want to go through all that bullshit. And also when it comes down to, uh, 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 money and whatnot, like, I, you know, so I, anyway, I, I, I cut out the, the music and decided to start fresh with this, uh, new year, new me, new podcast, new excitement, new fun. Um, I, I can also, uh, say at this moment, um, I am happy and proud to say that I, Nasty Nation is actually going to be a part of the uh, uh, Romero Pictures uh, family, um, which I'll get into that more at a later time. Um, if uh, if you're not familiar with uh, with Romero Pictures, uh, my my good friend, uh, a true brother, uh, uh, George C. Romero. Um, has uh, a really awesome community called the Indie Brigade Community. Uh, he has a show, has a podcast that you can find on Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, called the Indie Brigade um, that I've been on a couple of times. And uh, uh, they have uh, a whole a whole new thing that, that they're they're having different podcasts and, and different things going on um, within the the Romero Pictures. Uh, uh, family and whatnot, um, and I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. Uh, so if you get a chance, go check that out. Um, 
it's an, it's an important thing. I plan on having him on at some point uh, to talk a little more about uh, Indie Brigade and whatnot. But that's that's for that's for future episodes. But go check out the Indie Brigade uh, and Romero Pictures and stuff. And uh, and yeah, keep keep up with that because it's it's some good stuff. It really is. Um, let's see here. What else? What else is going on in my little world? Uh, tonight we got got an awesome first episode. Honestly. Uh, to, let's get right into it here. Uh, I got an old friend of mine uh, named uh, Kristen Marie, who used to be in a band called the Speedhearts um, uh, back in the day. Um, a band they were. Uh, she was the the uh, front woman and guitar player for a band called Speedhearts. They were a punk band. Um, and my old band, the Hateful Kind, uh, played one or two shows with them. And me and her, like, we hit it off, became pretty good friends. And uh, we uh, have decided to join forces. Um, and uh, she's going to be on um, on here uh, here in a little while, as well as frequently throughout the episodes and whatnot, uh, to talk about uh, one of my favorite subjects. And I hope one of yours as well. Uh, cannabis. Uh, she works at a dispensary in uh, Colorado, and she is going to talk about um, her favorite strains, new you know, new things going on, edibles, whatever you know uh, that she feels like talking about uh, on her part of this. Um, she also has her own um, podcast she started called Tokes and Tarot. Uh, she also she she reads tarot cards. Um, it's a really it's a really cool podcast that she just started. Uh, so you should uh, definitely go check that out. She's on Spotify as well as Anchor. Um, and then uh, here in a little while also I will have uh, my buddy Chris Payton, who he was on Loud and Nasty uh, briefly on an episode to talk about uh, uh, Friday the 13th. We were, He was on the Friday the 13th episode talking about, uh, uh, you know, good old Jason Voorhees and whatnot. So tonight he's going to come on and uh Give me a couple of reviews uh, for a couple of new films that he's he's seen, uh, so it should be really good. Um, but uh, but yeah, stay tuned, and we will uh, we'll have some some fun stuff going on, and uh, and I hope you enjoy. Hello everyone, and uh, welcome back. It's a nice little little break. The music they have on these little things for the interludes are pretty fun. Uh, starting off uh, with the uh, first episode of the new improved Nasty Nation, uh, my my dear friends, fellow writer, fellow horror fan, uh, Chris Payton is uh, going to give us a couple of reviews on a couple of uh, films he saw recently. Chris, how's it going, man? How's it going, good man? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, actually. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, um, the uh, the month of January is a rough month generally for uh, horror, um, and this this month was no exception. Well, I know that you have a couple of of goodies, and actually, aren't uh, aren't the two that you're you're reviewing? Aren't they uh, remakes? Oh yes, yeah, they're both remakes. Which we've came far enough. Um, that that isn't necessarily like a, a an automatic nail in the coffin kind of thing. Um, I would still say probably more often than not, it's going to be a disappointment. Um, 
but but I, I do think that there are plenty of really decent remakes out there and some really great ones and a few that actually have surpassed their predecessors. Um, Hills of Eyes, I think, comes to mind when I think of that. Um, I think the Evil Dead remake was amazing. I wouldn't say it was better than the first one, but I think it was probably the best attempt at creating something new um, without kind of you know stomping all over the the, the source material. Oh, I definitely agree on, on those two, actually. Those are two, actually, my favorite uh, movies that are in the remake, uh, reboot category. Yeah, I think um, maybe Texas Chainsaw Massacre would also be on my list there. I really liked it. I like that they it didn't it didn't feel like you were watching a remake because there was so much they took plenty of liberties, but it still felt like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Um, I, I, I can't say the same for this latest incarnation that came out. What was it called? Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, <laughs> that one oh, did not feel like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. Uh, um, you're thinking you're thinking of uh, the Leatherface that came out a couple yes. years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Texas Chainsaw uh, 3D, I think is what they called the one before that. I actually like yeah. with the exception of the major, you know, <laughs> timeline problems. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Leatherface is the one I'm thinking of that was just just nonsense. Like it was it didn't belong. It didn't feel like it belonged in the franchise. And I think that's what bothered me the most. I don't think it was uh and, and it, I don't think the movie was dreadful. Like, I think if it was called something else, I would have dug it. It's kind of like the, uh, the the same way that lots of people felt initially with Season of the Witch, the, the third Halloween film. Like, if they just called it that, like, I don't think we would just now and, you know, in the <laughs> in, in these days be discovering Halloween three as the the really good film that it is. It took this long for for it to find its its uh, its base, its uh, its fan base. And I think it was because people were so uh, bent out of shape about no Michael Myers, no Haddonfield and all that. And I think, if, you know, they had released that movie, Leatherface, and they would just called it, you know, I don't know. They call it anything. Um, yeah. I would have dug it. But, yeah, it didn't feel like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. Yeah. So what are, what are the movies you have uh, have for me to, to talk about? Well, um, I got the, the – Probably the most controversial of uh, of a while. It's going to be Black Christmas. Uh, I saw both of these in theaters. I saw Black Christmas, the 20, ooh, 2019. 2019. Yeah, that's right. Because it was um, released on Friday the 13th, actually. And so mm-hmm. uh, that was my uh, – the, the trailer didn't win me originally with that one. Um, not because it looked too bad. I mean, it's Blumhouse. Blumhouse, I think, has got a good – 65 70% good rating for me. Like, I approve of about 65 to 70% of what they do. I really like Blumhouse. Um, they oh, yeah. revealed too much yeah. in the trailer. That's really what it was. They revealed the major plot point of the film, um, the, the major twist, I guess I should say. Um, and uh, But I gave it the benefit of the doubt for a couple of reasons because it's a holiday slasher film. And <laughs> uh, it's hard to screw those up. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it's really difficult to ruin um, a holiday horror slasher film. I'm not just talking about Christmas in general, but you know, pretty much. And this is just my opinion here. <laughs> um, anything, especially in the '80s, the '80s were the um, the torchbearer of, of of holiday horror. Really, we had any any calendar yet day you can imagine. We had 
um, amazing, <laughs> uh, amazing horror films catered to that holiday. I mean, I th- oh, I'm yeah. thinking right now in my head, we had like New Year's Evil, you know, mm-hmm. and then we had uh, plenty of uh, My Bloody Valentine. Uh, we had uh, Leprechaun Sun. in March. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. had uh, April Fool's Day. Um, and, 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 you know, so on and so forth. Uh, even even more obscure films, not really obscure, but obscure in the sense that you would consider them like a holiday film. Like I always watched The Fog on April 21st because that was the uh, the day of the um, the, uh, the the great betrayal to the the leper colony it was the 21st of April. If you remember in the uh, the opening little um, uh, firelight kind of a, a story that the that the old sea dog is telling the kids, he's he opens it with the 21st yeah. of April. So the wife and I always eat seafood like a good surf and turf and watch the fog on the 21st. Which, which also, which also speaking of the fog and talking about uh, shitty remakes, the fog's a great movie. It also too had a very <laughs> shitty remake, but that's I'm, for another. I'm going to say, I'm going to, Ooh, you know what? This leads <laughs> into my review here. Cause I was going to say the fog <laughs> is the shittiest remake. This film, black Christmas. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not prepared to go that far. I'm not prepared to go that far. <laughs> I really load the fog. Um, but anyway, I'll go ahead and get into the, the review here. Um, Black Christmas um, was uh, directed by uh, a young woman named Sophia Tikal. I think that's her, her uh, last name. I think that's the proper pronunciation. Um, here's the deal with Black Christmas. It is the third Black Christmas film. The first one, 1974, um, was a masterpiece in my in my book i think it was a lot of people like to say it's the granddaddy of of slasher films uh technically not true but but close enough um it was it predated halloween by four years um it starred olivia hussey as this really really strong female role um and the sorority and we all know you know if, if you're a horror fan you have a pretty good inkling of black christmas and then we had the um the uh the the uh, sequel a lot of people call it a remake i call it a remake some people think it's a sequel um i thought it was i liked it i liked it actually i liked it yeah i dug it a lot and, and i appreciate it because um the filmmakers and the writers obviously knew that they weren't going to be able to top the first film they're not going to make it as they can't be as scary uh, uh, and as polished as as the original was um or maybe they didn't know that, but I think maybe deep town they had that idea. So instead of going for the scare, they went for like just fun and gross out, and they nailed it. I think it's it's a great popcorn movie. Um, Black Christmas two thousand five, two thousand six, somewhere around there. I'm I'm fairly certain. I think um, it was two thousand five, but yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, it um it was it was just a blast. It was just a lot of fun. It didn't take itself too seriously. Um, explored a little bit more of um the first film's antagonist, uh, <coughs> Billy, which we knew virtually nothing of in the first film, um, and gave it a whole, you know, whole canon and, and just, it was, it was, it was just a ton of fun. Um, and in the end, you, you enjoy both films in different ways. So going in already, Black Christmas 2019 was going to be difficult because you already have a, a fantastic, high quality terrifying film and then you have a like a six pack of beer film that was just just nonsense and just a good time 
And then you have to, I mean, what are you prepared to do? Are you going to try and be, you know, this kind of ruthless horror that the first film was? Are you going to, pardon me, are you going to go for the, um, just the horror gags and, and just, you know, um, lots of, you know, blood splatter and and um, elaborate kills and just make it a, like a roller coaster kind of a horror film. So already it was going to be difficult. But I went in thinking Blumhouse, usually, I would say eight times out of ten, you're in good hands uh, when you're with, you're with a Blumhouse. Um, and it's Christmas time and it's a Friday the 13th released horror film. There's going to be something to like here. And um, if anyone that knows me personally, um, one of their biggest gripes with me is anytime I come back from watching a movie or a TV show or reading a book and they're like, how was it? I'm like, it was fucking awesome. I loved it. I thought it was it was tits. And they're like, you say that about everything. And I explained to them it's because I, I'm zeroed in on what I enjoy. So I don't go to the theater to go watch something that I know I'm probably not going to get a kick out of. Right. Granted, right. I do have a pretty low bar sometimes too, but yeah, like I, I am rarely disappointed because I know what I like, right? And so I'm going in thinking I'm gonna like something. I might not love this movie. It might be like Ouija, right? I was prepared for Ouija. I'm like, all right, yeah, <laughs> well, I, I, I can find something I can enjoy out of that. Maybe there's be some chair jumpers, maybe, right? Um, I saw yeah. the trailer. Like, there's gonna be sexy Santas. I think that's kind of cool, you know, in a horror film. Sexy Santas, all right. And um, I watched this movie, man, and um, I uh, there wasn't a lot for me to enjoy. Um, there was a lot I, I was disappointed in um, because I wanted to like it. And because the story isn't a bad story at all. It's actually quite a, a, a cool story. Um, but the execution was um, – it was just – there was nothing um, calculated or clever or – subtle in the narrative that was in this in this film uh and i'll give a little a little backstory of myself not a backstory but basically where i come from uh politically morally um i'm not afraid of the f word you know some people don't like the word feminist they think that it's i think it's, it's, <laughs> it's from a, a a misunderstanding because um this the the kind of exploitative uh um modern era uh feminists and again there's there's plenty of actual real feminists in, in the world today and i appreciate them but the, we all know the ones i'm talking about like the ones that aren't <laughs> it's it's their their goal is not to to have that equal playing field and have the same opportunities and 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 they're actually seeking to kind of the the that brand of man hating and like it, you're you're it's it's difficult to say, um, but we all know what 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 really that brand that I'm talking about the one that is not satisfied um, having equal opportunities and and being presented equally in the media and in film and television and they their actual feminism has plenty of of um, of merit they really do and I, and I consider myself. In, in the purest sense of word, a feminist. I absolutely believe that women should be uh, represented equally. They should have the same opportunities, all that, right? So I just want to yeah, put definitely. that out because it's going to sound like I'm a bit of a dick when I say that Sophia Takal's approach was offensive. <laughs> and I don't mean offensive <laughs> like I'm a snowflake. I mean the fact that she <laughs> didn't use any kind of tact. She didn't use any kind of... Um, 
um, subliminal technique. It was so, um, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, I'm not even going to say the shove down your throat thing because I think that's such a, a, an overused term. But there was um, this underlying theme in it, and it was uh, in the beginning, I, it wasn't that uh, upsetting because, I, like I said, I like the idea of it. I'll give you the premise. It's basically this sorority, and I think it's maybe a year later, and a member of this sorority, she has been raped by the member of this fraternity. And this fraternity is that fraternity. You know exactly the fraternity I'm talking about. That, those guys. Meatheads. Yeah, those dudes. Yeah. The, 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 the Brock Turners of the world, right? And so yeah. no one believes her. And she's obviously, she's got a lots of trauma. Lot, like a year's worth of trauma. And her friends believe her, but do they really? And um, she's trying to put her life together and she's still broken, but she's doing the best she can. And I'm behind that. I'm like, yeah, like, let's, let's see these assholes get their comeuppance. Right. And so (laughs) it just keeps doubling down on this theme of it wasn't done in a intelligent way. I guess that's what bothers me. Like there are plenty of films that have a, 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 a social commentary to them and they weave it into the film but it doesn't forget that it's a horror film. It should be a horror film first and foremost, all right? Um, this forgets that it's a horror film, and it almost uses it as a disguise to hammer home this message, and this message that isn't even uh, um, created in a um, any kind of um, subtle or... or um, I don't know, just in an impressive way. It was very lazy. Um, there's a, um, a professor in it that is um, being protested by a few members of the sorority. She's got this petition out to kind of get him fired because he keeps telling um, only history. Like, I think he was maybe an English professor. And he will only tell the, um, the, the stories, or he only, he only educates stories from, like, white males, like he won't tell stories of like black males or females. It's like, it's like, he's like, he's portrayed as this cartoon. And that's why it, it annoys me. Like it's, it reminds me of the film. Now I didn't watch it, but I, I got almost all the plot. Um, they did a film called God's Not Dead. And um, it's a religious film. And um, there's a character in it that's a professor. And the character is so like, God's not real. And you should stop pretending that God's real and it's fake and it's so silly and you're stupid. And it was such a cartoon of what actually goes on in professors. You know, obviously there are professors that are, um, you know, they're atheists and they, they want to teach, you know, evolution and facts and stuff like that. But they aren't really right. those kind of, they're not caricatures. And because this whole movie presented everyone as a caricature, like it, it was just obnoxious. Mm-hmm. And I believe that that hurt the film so much, not to mention the fact that it just didn't feel like a horror film. And a lot of people say, well, you're very anti-feminist. You know, this movie was about that. You find out that the fraternity is motivated by this kind of ancient code. The original, <laughs> the original founders of this fraternity are actual like women haters. They think women should be put in their place and they're motivated by this black slime that comes out of the bust this like stone bust of like the original founder. And um, if it was done in any kind of um, um, 
veiled way. If it was done, if 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 these themes were approached in a more intelligent way, I think I could have signed on for it. I think I would enjoy it because again, this this is my politics. I do believe there's an issue on campus with like great culture and stuff like that. But it was preachy. It was preachy. Yeah on the nose and i don't like when when films unless it's like a, a an exploitation film <laughs> obviously i have different levels of what i enjoy what i don't enjoy some stuff can be absolutely dreadful and i'm going to enjoy it because it was presented as an exploitation film this is presented as like a woke film and the worst kind of woke film you don't have to be anti-woman um <laughs> to under to to I don't know. I don't know, man. I really wanted to like it. And I really can find things in almost all films, especially horror films, that I'm going to enjoy. And Black Christmas failed almost uh, in every regard. They really did. It wasn't scary. There wasn't a single solitary villain. It shouldn't have been named Black Christmas. There's the, the only theme really is it's Christmas time and there's a sorority. That's yeah. it. Um, let me give one shout out though. There's a, a couple shout outs. Let me let me not trash this film too hard. Um, this film was acted incredibly. All right, the, it, the the acting was really really good, especially from the lead actress. Her name does fail me right now. Um, very good, very very good. Also, there is a and it's almost painful now because the movie was so bad. Um, there is a wink wink nudge nudge. The first film, and that is. Um, and one of the opening interior shots on a table at a Christmas party, I believe, there is the glass unicorn. And if anyone remembers the glass unicorn, it was actually in the second film as well. Um, the glass unicorn is what Billy used when yeah. he when he killed uh, uh, Margot Kidder's character when she's asleep or passed out. That really beautiful shot of um, between him with this glass unicorn figurine and he's basically murdering Margot in her sleep and it keeps cutting back to uh, Jesse, Olivia Hussey's character and she's watching the carolers. And so there's this really kind of uh, um, fantastic contrast where you're seeing this horrible murder take place and this kind of really cheery moment with uh, Jesse and the carolers. So we see that glass unicorn. That was really cool. Also one final, one final touch that I wanted to say that, that was also good. The cinematography was really good in this film. Like that dude was on the wrong project, obviously put him somewhere else because there was a, an opening shot that they may have actually put on a poster. It, it may have been in the trailer as well, but a girl gets murdered in the opening sequence and she's in the snow. I think she's on the front lawn of a decorated, like a, lots of Christmas decorations. Um, and so there's all these different lights going on, but she gets murdered um, by uh, this guy and the way that she falls, um, her arms are splayed. And so when the killer drags her body, she basically creates this snow angel and the cinematography on that was stellar. Very, very good. I thought that was awesome. I was like, well, this is really isn't going to be that bad. This ain't going to be that bad. But then they came in ham fisted with this third wave, uh, not even I don't even I don't even like calling it feminism because I don't think it's really feminism. This third wave of just obnoxious politics and it ruined the film for me. It really did. And um, again, like I said, I I, <laughs> I very much am a, a feminist myself, and I think the first film was way way uh, more empowering of women. When you look at Jesse, who was Olivia Hussey's character in the first one, um, the whole. A subplot to that film as the sorority girls are, are fighting for their lives from Billy 
um, she wants to get an abortion. She's trying to take control of her life, her, her body, and her boyfriend um, is is fighting her on that. Like her boyfriend keeps trying to change her mind, and it uh, eventually solidifies himself as the red herring in the film because you don't know how far he'll go to stop her from from seeking this abortion. Uh, Margot Kidder's character was she didn't need no man. She was tough and sassy and badass, and all the all the girls in the sorority, none of them were like damsels in distress, really. And I think that was that. Uh, I think that one actually would speak to women much more. Uh, um, uh, brilliantly than than this film would uh and that's just my opinion again but i've read a lot of people saying a lot of the same stuff like hey this is my side of the spectrum politically but i can't get behind this movie because yeah. they it's such a sloppy way so out of five stars i only give it two stars man um there's not a lot to love there <laughs> um and it already had you know, two very, very big shoes to fill anyway, being called Black Christmas. Um, yeah. People should watch it, though, because a lot of people are <clears throat> everyone. Everyone is different. I'm never I would never be that person to tell someone not to watch a movie because they may get a completely different um, perspective from it. <clears throat> yeah. And so I so said, yeah, go watch it. You might hate it, too, but you might dig it. So it's a two star well, for Black Christmas. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, uh, before you get to your next one, let me, let me just comment on this real quick. Uh, I'm really glad that you 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 chose that as one of your reviews tonight because uh, you know as well as, as anybody that knows me, Black Christmas is one of my favorite uh, horror horror films, <laughs> holiday horror films. Yeah. Uh, and when I first saw the trailer for it, um, like I haven't seen it yet. Um, I haven't been that excited. And then when you saw the movie and you told me a little bit about it, I was I was even less excited than I already was and or however you want to word that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and that, like you said, that is, that is a, that's a big, that's, that's some big, big shoes to fill, especially with, uh, they had the, the second one in 2005 or whatever it was. Um, that was, th- those were good. I like those. Yeah. And actually the messed up thing is I saw the, the remake in 2005 before I saw the original. Oh, I did too, actually. Yeah. So, uh, but the fact that they even bothered, uh, with this new one, I, I wasn't really having high hopes anyway. Um, it, it, it's, it's been kind of a back and forth for uh, reboots and remakes the last couple of years. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, but uh, real quick on, on, on that note, there's a movie I watched last night uh, that I wanted to throw out there. It's very Black Christmas. Um, it's got a lot of – it's got a, a Black Christmas, Urban Legends uh, – Halloween kind of vibe to it. It's called The Sleeper. I have not watched it, actually. Uh, a guy named Lance Wagner uh, actually uh, posted about it. He's, he's, a, he's become a friend of mine on Facebook and whatnot. Um, and I, he's got a pretty good taste in horror movies. So I decided to check it out last night. And uh, it wasn't bad. Uh, it was old school gore. Uh, no CGI. Um uh, I'm, uh, Fulci, uh, Lucio Fulci would have been proud of it for the fact there's a lot of uh, <laughs> odd scenes, uh, a lot of Thanks. a lot of scenes of Oz. Uh, so check that one out. The, the Sleeper um, is interesting. Anybody that's into Black Christmas or anything of that nature, go check it out. It's got a very like it's it takes place in the 80s. It's got it, you feel like you're watching an 80s movie actually. So it's really <laughs> cool. But uh, but anyway, uh, so what was uh, what was your second review, sir? All right, the second review we actually just watched. Uh, my buddy and I watched it uh, last week. It's the Grudge, uh, the Grudge re remake. Okay, uh, I believe Nicholas 
Pesci. I think it's P-E-S-C-I. I don't know if it's pronounced like Joe Pesci. And I'm awfully suspicious now of his father, whoever this Nicholas Pesci guy is. A younger director. Um, he's got a couple of the credits to his name. Um, Eyes of My Mother, I believe, is one of them. Um, the Grudge, I'm going to be a little more lenient on. <laughs> um, I didn't hate The Grudge. In fact, when I left the theater, um, I liked it. Um, I, I liked it a lot. And, and as the, a couple of days passed, maybe not even a couple of days, a couple of hours passed, and it settled on me a little more. And, and I didn't really sour on it, but it became very mad. And I'll explain why. Um, the Grudge um, begins very promising. You have the, the caseworker leaving the house. Uh, and if I, if, I, if I recognized it correctly, I believe it was the, the same house and Mark looked after the exact same house from the, uh, the 2005 film um, or 2004, okay. I can't remember, um, which looked dead on the uh, 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 Juwan house, the original, and it has her leaving and this uh, protagonist, this female caseworker goes um, home to the States and you discover soon that um, she has murdered her whole family. And so as the story progresses, oh. <laughs> um, there are four different timelines of four different uh, uh, families and people that lived in the house. And the um, the one um, uh, uh, plot kind of, or, or the, the characters tying it all together are uh, two detectives. One of them is a woman who has recently lost her husband to cancer and this kind of old, you know, grizzled <laughs> veteran of the force and they get teamed up and um, she discovers soon um, that this house, which is where the caseworker came when the, her, her home, when uh, she came back to the States uh, has been um, the place of numerous murders. And um, the, the, uh, the the best thing I can tell you about this film is the atmosphere is excellent. Um, the atmosphere is very grudge. Um, there is something unique about J-horror and the approach that they take to creating dread. And this mm. film actually capitalizes on that as well. I know Sam Raimi produced this. I think it was Ghost House Pictures. Um, the atmosphere and the cinematography was really good. The acting was really, really good. Um, but... In hindsight, now that I've had time to sit and think on this, I realized that the reason that the film kind of just dropped um, in my <laughs> favorability is we did not get Kyoko. Um, I, I hope that I, that is the correct character name. I'm, I'm remembering that silly uh, versus movie, Kyoko versus Sadako, which was basically the girl from The Grudge versus the girl from The Ring. I think I'm pretty, I'm 95% sure it was Kyoko. That was I didn't know the, that was a thing, actually. The, yeah, go watch that one. If, yeah. if you have alcohol, go watch that one. <laughs> so anyway, um, it, it's almost like, uh, and there's some really good chair jumpers, right? There's a lot of um, uh, uh, creepy spots, but it never takes off. Like um, It's almost like the director <clears throat> had lots of ideas and was just restrained somehow. I don't understand um why it didn't ever really pick up like uh, it was just it keep building and building and building and there'd be some 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 gore here there'd be uh, um a, a really terrifying sequence here uh that would just be brief and then you're you're done and it never actually took off and 
in hindsight, I realized that that's because we did not have Kyoko um, and her son, who I used to know his name. I can't remember now. We all know who I'm talking about. The little boy that <laughs> meowed like a cat. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, whole, the, um, the curse um, basically um, is brought to the States by the, the young female caseworker. And it's generally through her that everything is kind of blamed. They never do any research as to where the curse came from. I think they eventually do say, yeah, you know, she brought it back from Japan. But we don't explore any of that. And for me, that's the whole point of the grudge, right? Even the beginning yeah. sequence has, I don't remember the exact wordage, but it's something about when somebody dies in a fit of great rage, their, you know, their spirit or their soul lives on. And um, they, they kept that in the opening sequence before the grudge uh, uh, title card. And it was really cool. I'm like, yeah. And, and we actually did see, let me, let me backpedal a little bit. We did see Kyoko in the opening sequence and maybe in a small brief flashback or something. That was it. Okay. That was it. And I'm thinking if I went and watched Halloween 2, 1981, and Michael Myers just wasn't in that shit, I'm going to be a little upset. Take everything else about that movie. <laughs> Take Halloween and two and just have like the whole Dr. Loomis stuff. Right. And the police showing up and, and like Jamie Lee Curtis, like in the parking lot saying, help me, but just none of the Michael Myers stuff. You would still kind of dig it a little bit. Cause it was a really good film, but you're going to be like, where's, where's the guy? Where's this? Yeah, the, it's the, not what you wanted. Yeah. Right. This is the, the, um, the, the point of Halloween is Michael Myers. Sorry, Halloween 3. <laughs> but yeah, the point of it is Michael Myers. He's your boogeyman. A horror film needs a boogeyman. Just like with Black Christmas, we didn't really have a boogeyman in that one. It was just the whole frat. <laughs> we need yeah. someone to focus on as our, our, our villain. And the the young caseworker, um, we don't even see the murder. The, you don't see, I mean, it's alluded to. But you don't hmm. actually see, and I believe this was rated R, so I think they had the tools <laughs> to, to, to show us some of this. But, like, she, they even if they had, yeah, we, we needed Kyoko for this. We needed to hear that, that, uh, and, I mean, they, they teased it for a minute, and that was it. I'm like, I remember the most terrifying parts of The Grudge, 2004, I'm never going to remember the date, and right, Juon yeah. was... Kyoko going down those fucking stairs, right? The the contortionist shit. The yeah. the her looking up with the bloody eyes and the long black hair and her head twisting and her bones twisting and her crawling after you and her coming down to the ceiling and like the the long black hair appearing in places it shouldn't be. And like that's that's the point of the grudge. If someone hates the grudge, <laughs> That's the stuff that they hate about. They hated the Kyoko. If someone loves the grudge, that's the stuff that they love. They love Kyoko. So to have this movie and not have the 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 bitch bring us the bitch. <laughs> that's what we wanted. We want to see that. I don't want to see, you know, Candyman and not have Candyman in it. That's how it felt. That's how it felt. Truth. If, I don't know, man. I hit I, but with that being said, there's a lot of cool sequences, a lot of a lot of creepy stuff, great atmosphere. The the special effects were were brilliant in this film. It just never takes off, and uh, I'm bummed because that's two in a row 
That's two in a row for uh, 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 technically not 2020 because Black Christmas was last year. But um, I'm very rarely um, disappointed, like I said, in in um, at the theater. I go see stuff that I know I'm going to like. And I had some doubts with Black Christmas, but I, I had my hopes up for The Grudge. And uh, it just didn't really deliver. But then again, if you are a diehard Grudge fan, and I'm not a diehard Grudge fan, but I, I liked it. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm I was, I was yeah. the ring guy for me. The Grudge and the Ring came out. I I love the ring, right? Samara is my girl. But um, if yeah, you love yeah, the I Grudge, agree. still go see this movie because there's lots of grudgeish things that you're going to get a kick out of. Um, the uh, um, a lot of people didn't like the Blair Witch uh, uh, movie that came out a couple years ago, the newest one. Um, yeah, but I, like. I think I think the people that were Blair Witch fans. The diehards, myself included, we dug it because there was so much Blair Witchism to that movie, right? I think this is way better than the the this new Grudge, but but that's what I'm saying. Like, if you are a, a Grudge guy, go see this movie anyway. You know, there's gonna be some plenty to plenty to enjoy in this movie. But if you wanted a really scary horror film, and you're not really, you know. Um, knee deep in the the mythos of the grudge and juan probably this probably isn't going to be your cup of tea just just throwing that out there <laughs> hmm. yeah i was I, I i've never been a huge grudge fan uh a while back um i was at the mall i think it was and they had all three of the you know the grudge one two and three yeah. um for for 10 bucks all three of them for 10 bucks and i was like well fuck i can't pass that up Right. Um, you know, it's part of the, you know, go, go along with my, my, my movie collection, you know? Um, right. So, you know, me and me and my girlfriend, Rachel, who, you know, uh, <laughs> decided we were going to watch these movies. We haven't watched them in forever. And the first one was like, okay, all right. You know, it's, it's, it's what I remembered. And then what's the second one? We couldn't even make it through the third one. <laughs> oh God. Cause honestly, they're not that great of movies anyway. And honestly, I was actually kind of excited about this new grudge because um, just because I was kind of hoping maybe maybe there will be this will be the grudge movie that I might like, so I don't know. Right. Well, um, the idea I had going in was, if I remember, I think the first grudge movies were PG thirteen. I could be wrong on that. Someone can correct me if they want to. Um, but this yeah, was PG thirteen. Like I'm pretty sure. So I'm thinking, okay, this might be. You know, I have a buddy that thinks that the remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is better than the original. I always get some shit about that, but he likes it better oh, than wow. the original, right? Yeah. But there are those people that <laughs> there are those people that like that amped up, darker, edgier, not as good, but darker and edgier, more violent thing. You know, we've seen that with like the Batman franchise, you know, like the Dark Knight uh, films are way darker than the, the Tim Burton Batman movies. And some people like that. So I thought that's what we were going to get with the grudge. I'm like, all right, it's probably going to be a little meat-headed, but maybe we'll get like some really like fucking graphic violence and really big scares. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't get any of that. We got a really sophisticated, atmospheric. Snooze, <laughs> uh, I don't want to say a snooze fest. It wasn't a snooze fest, but it was like it's a black ball. It's a blue ball. It's a blue ball. You you leave with those blue balls that you had it for Kyoko. It's like uh, it's like that hand job that never comes with a full blast, right? <laughs> and that, that, that almost, that almost seems, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Oh, that's horrible, isn't she a child? That's horrible. That's, no, no, no. Kyoko was the uh, grown no? woman. 
Oh, that's right. That's right. Because that's right. I get yeah. I get movies confused. Yeah, her, confused. Uh, her yeah, yeah. husband, if you remember, had murdered her. Bill her Paul. And, the, and the son. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just seems like these days when it comes to movies, it, it, it's like it's like Hollywood doesn't want you to come anymore. <laughs> you know, it's, it's they're just like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna give you the idea that this is gonna happen next, but it's not going to. Right. You know, it's like okay, that you might get a beheading, but you're probably not gonna. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like things like that. It's just like, man, what the fuck? Um, yeah, it's just you true. Know, I, I just, I, ugh, it's aggravating, to be perfectly honest. But, yeah, but I think that 2020 still lined up to be a, a pretty damn good year. Uh, we have um, Halloween Kills in October, so that's gonna be pretty cool. Um, I really uh, enjoyed Halloween 2018. Halloween 2018, I thought that was great. Um, so oh, we're gonna see to that this year. Uh, we got January actually has a couple other things up its sleeve. Underwater, um, I think looks cool. Um, I actually the only reason I'm really uh, wanting to see that film is because I my greatest fears are like deep water, dark water, yeah, 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 sharks and shit under the water you can't see. So this is the perfect film for someone with that kind of phobia, right? Um, yeah. We also have um, a really cool, uh, looks like a really um, artistically done Hansel and Gretel film. Like they didn't make any of it silly. Like you see some some kind of Hansel and Gretel witch hunters or some shit like that. Um, but this actually looks like they took a very um, uh, intelligent approach to the original fairy tale that's coming out. I think it's called Gretel and Hans or Gretel and Hans uh, something. Um, I, haven't, that- I haven't watched any of the Hansel and Gretel movies except for one. And it was the one where it's like Hansel and Gretel smoke pot or something like that. Like the <laughs> actually, I don't know the title, but I know the movie you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it actually, it's actually kind of, it's actually kind of good. It's well, it's entertaining <laughs> to put it that way. It's funny and it's kind of stupid because it can't be serious with a title like that. You know? Right. <laughs> uh, so, so what? Uh, how many stars do you do you give the new grudge? Uh, the new grudge gets three out of five. Um, it wasn't trash in any respect. Um, the actors work their asses off. Um, the, the cinematography and the direction was great. Um, the story was, was good. And there was a lot of creepiness. Like I said, there's, um, a few chair jumpers, which if you're not going to deliver Kyoko, give us some chair jumpers. And they did. And they were pretty effective. You know, they were pretty effective. Um, you'll have a decent time. Um, if, if you go check it out, you, you won't have the worst night of your life. You'll have a decent time. Uh, sneak in a bottle. <laughs> sneak in a <laughs> bottle and uh, you'll have a better time, probably. Okay, so keep that in mind. So if you're going to go see The Grudge, uh, sneak in uh, your favorite bottle of bourbon. Yes. Uh, probably need to make it a half pint or a pint. It sounds like you might need a pint. Yeah. Uh, you're going to want to take the whole fifth for Black Christmas, though. Yeah, and then with uh, with well, yeah, uh, either the whole fifth or you just take a whole bottle of Nyquil and just call it a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, thanks, man, for uh, for having these reviews for me. No problem, man. I'm I intend on seeing a couple others this uh, later on this month. So uh, yeah, as uh, as needed, just call me up and uh, we'll talk horror. You you definitely uh, you definitely will be getting my call at some point, my friend. <laughs> All uh, right. But uh, we will uh, holler at you later. I got a got a couple other things I've got to take care of before uh, before Kristen comes on. But uh, but thanks again, man. I appreciate it, and I uh, will holler at you later. Excellent, man. I'll take catch you later. Right, later, brother. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, let's see here. Next on the list here of things for the uh, 
new and improved Nasty Nation is a, a an old friend of mine who I haven't really talked to much in forever until this whole thing. So it's kind of crazy how it meets here, how it works out. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, my friend Kristen uh, <laughs> from uh, uh, way back uh, used to be in bands that played together. She was in this band called Speed Hearts, punk rock band. She played guitar and did vocals. Uh, she now is living in uh, Colorado, working uh, working the, the cannabis industry. Uh, at where's that place again? Nature's Gift Shop. Yes, at Nature's Gift Shop in Pueblo West, Colorado. Beautiful Southern Colorado. <laughs> and she also has uh, her own podcast, uh, Tokes and Tarot. And uh, it's a really cool, relaxing thing to listen to. So give that a, a listen as well. So what's new with you, Kristen? Thank you so much. Well, um, I've just been working really hard in the industry. I've been in the marijuana industry for a little over two years now. Uh, it's, it's been tough. It's definitely another wild animal in its own because when you think about it, you know, we were all smoking pot, people that we were dealing with who get pot it's, it's still a shady bit it's still shady you know what i mean so yeah. it's a yeah it's like a cutthroat business there's every day there's applicants people wanting your job you know there's med there's the law uh, always trying to have you slip up so it's like just to be in it this long it's um it's, i feel pretty accomplished <laughs> I mean, uh, when you first told me, when, when I first found out that, that you had been working uh, at a dispensary, my first thing was, I'm jealous. Uh, which, I mean, any, anybody who, uh, who is a, a partaker in smoking, eating, uh, vaping, whatever, when it comes to marijuana, would love to work in that kind of situation. Uh, but you actually I, had me uh, have a question pop in my head. So you all still, even though Colorado is legal. Um, you also, right. you also get hassled by cops and shit. Well, it's not necessarily uh, the cops or the state patrol. It's the marijuana enforcement division. It's their own side division. Now they're just making sure that we're doing our due diligence, and that's not selling to anybody under the age of twenty-one. Um, that nobody is talking about transporting, selling in between out-of-state lines. Um, so, you know, everybody tells me, don't work so hard at your job. And I'm like, actually, yes, everybody coming through that door is trying to fuck me. Yeah. Uh, and But I still <coughs> provide, you know, excellent customer service, um, which we're definitely known for. We're an amazing dispensary. I work at the best. We're an educational dispensary. So we actually go up and beyond. So we, that, um, that compliance is uh, protection. So we definitely uh, make sure that, everybody that comes into the store is, you know, of age of 21 and we're able to legally sell them cannabis. And once we get through the doors, it's a lot easy peasy. It's a different vibe. It's a lot, um, you know, a lot more information, a lot of products. Cause I mean, it is, it's really cool. You got, there's so many ways to consume cannabis. You can smoke it in a concentrate flower form. You can rub it on your body, you can eat it. So, you know, it's, it's pretty cool and it can be overwhelming at times but uh working in the industry does have its is ups and downs no, sure. I, I can definitely <laughs> see that what what it, what uh what are your main duties when you're when you're on the job there uh the main duties is when besides compliance that's like my number one when someone comes through the window but once they get through the window um i want to find out 
what they're looking for. I always ask them how they want to consume their cannabis. A lot of people are new to smoking, believe it or not. Um, I've given tutorials to people on how to actually use a pipe, <laughs> how to, <laughs> to load a bowl and, and smoke it. And my tips and tricks on how to clean a bong. Um, yeah, I, I love I love it. I love talking about cannabis all day. I mean, I'm a pioneer. You know mm -hmm. it. Um, <laughs> we, 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 we've shared a few uh, a few joints together. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so you know what it's like, and it's amazing to people see that as a talent and valuable information. So you know, I, we're not doctors, we're not physicians, um, but we're real people. Um, we, we do our best to help. Yeah. You're not doctors or physicians, but you know, you're definitely helping because it's the best medicine, honestly, uh, right. as a, as a Crohn's patient, uh, it's been the one thing that has actually helped my Crohn's. Uh, my doctors even told me, you know, keep, keep going at it because it's, uh, it's actually made right. my Crohn's go into remission a couple of times. And, uh, wow. and that's what he says that that's gotta be what it is. And if I can just quit these damn cigarettes and, uh, Right. cut down the whiskey, uh, then I'll, I'd be doing all right, I think. You know what? Um, there's a lot of success stories that I've, I've heard and actually seen people come into the store. The new biggest thing right now is RSO. Um, if anybody were to come into our store and say, what is the number one product that you would try besides our cannabis would be the Rick Simpson oil. Um, it's made by Wes Edison and it's a wonderful concentrate uh, company. He, uh, the owner actually goes up and beyond and pulling out all those solvents, which are like gas, butane, yeah. and gets plant-based activated hash. And people use this activated hash. And um, he's had over 11 success stories of cancer and uh, people just using it for like overall wellness and helping them for like their intestinal gut health. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's a there's, there's a lot of that. So like CBG, CBN, I mean, there's so many different cannabinoids. No, there's over 300 that cannabis does. So like just letting cannabis open, exposed to air makes it break down to a further uh, CBG, um, which uh, doesn't necessarily get you high, but it increases your, your gut health. So it's just like, it's just amazing how much cannabis can do for us. Uh, definitely. That's definitely. Good. I mean, uh, you know, when I was, uh, when I was first starting out smoking weed when I was in high school, well, actually middle school and then more in high school, uh, I was kind of back and forth on it because it was still at that time, it was still like, Oh, should I really be smoking this? There's not, you know, we didn't have people that were, uh, you know, standing up for it and saying, Hey, this is actually good. Uh, there, there's nothing wrong with this. You know, just like it was all hush -hush. yeah, right, yeah. It's it's all it's all how how you you take it. You can abuse anything, you know what I mean? Exactly. And but it's the one thing that has been constant um, when it comes to health, when it comes to helping yeah. people with ailments, that nothing else helps. I mean, because I mean, look at it. We got pills all over the fucking place, and right. that all that does, even if you're taking the pills like you're supposed to, it's still fucking up your insides. Um, doesn't matter if it's Tylenol, you know, or, or, or one of those other pain. Ibuprofen. Right, ibuprofen. I'm not even supposed to take ibuprofen, I think, because. I fucking hate ibuprofen. It shit tears my shit up. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm there with yeah. you. Yeah. You know, so it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's an important time that we live in. 
uh, I guess since 2012, I think that's when it, it became like Colorado became the, the, the legal state uh, for all the above. Right. Um, uh, you know, to, to, to be in a time when we could talk about this and not really worry about really too much bullshit. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, the fact that you can yeah. work in a job <laughs> where yeah. you could go in and uh, see, for me, it would be so overwhelming. Um, I've never been, oh, yeah. I've never been in a dispensary. Uh, I've, I've not been in any places to have any yet. Uh, my guitar player uh, in Bastard Sons, he was, he was dating a girl a while back who lived in Oregon. And mm-hmm. he told me that, cause he, he doesn't, he doesn't smoke. He doesn't partake in, in anything marijuana because of his job and whatnot. Um, but he went in there with her, uh, so she'd get her shit. And he told me that he wished I could have been there because I would have lost my shit. Uh, I don't know what dispensary it was, but apparently it was a really nice one. And, uh, and I, I, I can't wait for the day. I can actually walk into one and, uh, and actually get what I need to get and all that fun shit. Um, Right. Now, now, when it comes down to to working a dispensary and the people that come in there, um, I mean, just like anywhere else, I mean, you, you you get those shitheads too, right? Right. So it's customer service. It's retail. Um, it's retail where it, you know anywhere, just like you are at um, uh, a liquor store, mm-hmm. and you have to deal with IDs, fake IDs. Hey, misters, make sure there's nobody out in the parking lot. Um, you know. You, you just got to treat it like how an alcohol, however, unlike alcohol, you have a limit. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's another thing. You have 28 grams. So now they have an in-state or out-of-state uh, person with a valid ID can come in recreational and consu- and purchase 28 grams of marijuana. And that can be, you know, divided into concentrates, um, edibles, so, and you're absolutely right. When I first moved here, I, I couldn't believe it. The, the first thing, and you know it, you know it, Chuck. I posted it on mm-hmm. Facebook. I, I posted my receipt. Yep. I got a fucking receipt. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> have to, right? You have to. You're right. Had to. And I, and I, you know, and I knew going into <clears throat> it that that's where I wanted to work. And of course, you know, going into it, it was kind of, you know, you you win some, you lose some, and. And then you build your career just like anywhere, you know, just like anywhere, kind of growing into a, a new business. Yeah. So, um, but I'm really happy where I am. I'm at a wonderful store. I mean, it's a really a bu- boutique store. We specialize in only organic. Now, if you've been paying attention or maybe if you watch like South Park um, and you kind of know what's going on with cannabis right now is that the government is trying to get their little fucking hands on everything and put pesticides mm-hmm. And what we're smoking. Um, So that's kind of the dilemma that Colorado and the legal states are going right now. So it's up to us, like, nice uh, boutique stores and educational dispensaries that are, you know, we're only outsourcing the best of the best. And that's no pesticides, no bottled ingredients, you know, sun-grown or ingrown cannabis. So I I love that part. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, the government always wants to like stick their nose in the fucking everything, and especially <laughs> when when the legalization started going all over America, uh, and doctors are going, uh, we can't make money off our medicine now, and so now, now they're all right. trying to to take over and do this, and even like tobacco companies are even talking about like, you know, putting out their own blend of tobacco, marijuana, and shit, and it's like, man, why? <laughs> like, stop. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, I 
Well, I used to roll yeah. spliff half and half, you know what I mean? But, like, we don't need that. We don't need Marlboro coming in and fucking putting, like, you know, uh, perfectly good, good uh, marijuana full of fucking pesticides and all that shit and mix it in with the fucking tobacco that has even more pesticides and shit to make everything just bad for you, like, when it's not supposed to be. Right. That's, what we're, that's, what, that's what we're preaching right. against. We're, we're preaching against the fact that, look, marijuana is not what everybody that, that, that seems to think it is if they aren't educated, right? Right, exactly. Um, and, you know, and I want you to come on down whenever you make it to Colorado. If your band is touring, you're definitely welcome. Um, you know oh. you are. So, and I would love for you to be this to be your first store, and I would love to be your first, uh, your bud tender here. Hell yeah, man, you know it. <laughs> I would walk you through. Yeah, yeah, you know it. You know, um, a lot of dispensaries are like revolver belts. I get it from a lot of customers. They say, you know, wow, Kristen, um, I've been to other dispensaries and they look at me like, hey, what do you want? And, you know, what's, you know, and I feel rushed and pressured. And, and here at the store that I work at in nature's gift shop is we take time for each and every single person. I can spend five minutes with you, 15. I've spent an hour and a half with a person, with a group of people. Uh, people come and bring their family members in when they're out of town. So we take good care of everyone. Oh, yeah. um, and we're veteran friendly and we're senior citizen friendly. You know, I love my senior. Oh yeah. Citizens. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Uh, this is, that's the, that's the other good thing. You actually, you mentioned vets. Um, that's, that's yeah. one thing that I think it should be mandatory, <laughs> uh, that it should be, it should be okay. Right. It doesn't matter where the fuck they're at. I think vets deserve, because I, I know a few vets that uh, marijuana is the only thing that, kind of helps their, their PTSD and shit, you know, um, because the medicines again, do nothing but, but bad. Uh, it makes things worse, right. uh, mentally, physically, all that shit. And you know, these, these guys and, and girls are going out there and risking their fucking lives and then having to see and deal with some fucked up shit. So I think they should be able right. to, you know, uh, partake in whatever they need to when it comes down to that. And that's, that's, that's cool actually that, that it's, it's slowly working its way to that, you know? Right. You know, we, we love our vets. We actually celebrate them every single month. We go up and beyond. Um, every 17th of the month at the store, we give them a, a certain discount. Uh, so we, I got to still stay compliant. So if anybody's listening, um, definitely mention your podcast and I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll hook you up. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> hey, you know, that, you know, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. You know, it, it's uh, helping each other out in any way we possibly can. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And um, I was just talking to a few veterans the other night and they were they were the coolest guys. And I told him, you know, thank you for your service. And he's like, you know, I don't know what to say about that. And I said, you know, I get it. But I know there's, you know, a darker side of, you know, you know, like PTSD, yeah. and what, what people are going for. And I know that you didn't necessarily go to war for me, but whatever you did it for, I'm Thank yeah, exactly. That you made a sacrifice and you made a difference. You decided, hey, this I, I'm 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 a call to a need. I have a need to a call that I have to do something right now in the universe to make a difference. Like like you, Chuck, like you doing this podcast and talking, connecting to so many different people. Um, I love that. I mean, that's how we get the word out, right? That's how we can exactly, exactly. Um, and now uh, I know that you you've got some some things you got to get to here in a little bit, so I'll try to try to get <laughs> through it as much as I can because I've got so many questions actually, um, and I'm sure people listening probably have questions as well. Um, 
personal questions. Uh, what do you, what do you, what is your preferred method of using cannabis? Um, I personally like to smoke a joint. I, I love smoking joints cause I used to smoke a pipe all the time. Um, so I, I love sativa, sativa hybrids. I like to be more up cerebral in the brain. I'm a very creative Definitely. person. Uh, those are my favorite. And then I do like my edibles. I have to admit that. <laughs> I, I don't know how anybody can't like edibles, honestly. I haven't I, I haven't right. had good I haven't had good edibles uh since <sighs> shit, since the days of the hateful con. That's been a while in case anybody doesn't know. Wow. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I will, I've had some I've had some since then, but they weren't as potent. And it'd be nice to get some edibles right. at uh, at some certain time, uh, hopefully soon. Um, but uh, so, what uh, what what would you say is the most? And this might be like a just an all around question that might be hard to answer. I don't know. But what what are some of the the strains that you that you all uh, that people purchase more than others? Yeah, so we give the growers the shout out at our store. So we feature um, three different growers. We have White Diamond. We have OG Municipals. That's going to be located in Denver. We also have a new Colorado Fire Farm, which are fantastic. They don't use any bottled ingredients and Master Farm. So we have a lot of different ones. So it's really particular. A lot of my customers uh, want to go for their Indica for in the couch. And usually that's going to be like a a pyramid OG or some kind of cush. I always like to tell people your nose knows. Mm -hmm. um, just like when it comes to food, when something's cooking in the kitchen, if it smells delicious, you cannot wait to dive in. Oh, right? true. Very true. Um, so, so true. But then it's also on the flip side. There's something cooking. You're like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. You're not going to want to inhale it. Your terpenes, um, terpenes are aromas that have certain effects on the body. Um, we now know that's fucking science, mm -hmm. right? So uh, I, what I do is I always ask people when they come in, I'm like, how do you want to feel? What is your goal? What are you doing it for? Is this for sleep? Is this for work? Is this for something creative? I, I like to probe and find more and I ask them more questions and, you know, get to know my customer more. So I can help them find the right cannabis. So really, we're it's very popular. All of them sell equally very well. Um, it's just really finding the best cannabis, those best terpenes for each individual customer. Makes sense. Uh, now, do, yeah. do you now because you know you work in a dispensary, you got weed everywhere and stuff. It's it's an open minded uh, industry. Um, are is it is it, are you do you, do you smoke while you're on the clock? Are you allowed to smoke while you're working? Uh, are you allowed to be on edit? Very good question. Very good question. I get this asked almost daily too for like people that come in the store. It's a really good question. Um, no, we are not allowed to consume. I'm not allowed to be high. Just like if I was working um, at a liquor store, I cannot drink alcohol okay. and handle anything like that. Even though we know cannabis is different and different for everybody else, we still cannot consume. Consume on property that's just the law exchange that we have with the marijuana enforcement division in order for us to sell legal cannabis so we follow those rules. okay yeah I mean, yeah definitely well i didn't know because I've, I've watched documentaries and shit uh and oh, yeah. uh they've shown you know dispensaries there's there's one in la uh fuck i can't remember what it's called but it was one of the most popular ones in la uh 
it was you're absolutely right even in Colorado medical Colorado when it first started in 2013 medical um they were able to smoke in the break room so the laws have continually changed MED is constantly changing their laws like they just now changed their laws that they're now going to have delivery um in 2021 so now you're going to be able to pick up your phone and have your cannabis delivered to your door oh my god that's awesome you know <laughs> that is think about those vets think about those people uh, medical disabled parents you know uh, patients that I mean, can't leave right their yeah fucking great right? man and then it brings in jobs um you know everywhere around town it's you're you're proud you uh Colorado has real made it to where this is a respectable job. This is, I have a respectable job. Um, and I, and I love it. I know I hate to walk out. I hate when I leave the state because, um, it's, it's different. So, um, but it's, it's definitely worth it. It's, it's worth, you know, Girl Scout honor. It's worth sticking to the laws. It's worth sticking to the rules because I am regulated by the federal government. I gave that up. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm followed by that um, fingerprinted, documented um, license to work and be around cannabis. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an honor. Uh, what would you say would be your uh, preference in flower, bud, whatever you want to call it, uh, as well as edibles? Uh, and uh, and do you do you vape? Do you uh, do you dab? Like what? Okay. Yeah. So. Oh, I love it all. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you first, especially when you first start trying it, like, you know, I've tried it all. Um, but the thing is, like, with education, um, I just make sure when I consume bud and cannabis, I do like my sativas. I just make sure that they're, like, they don't have any pesticides in it. And especially when it comes to my concentrates, I love to dab, again, a shout-out to Wes Edison Concentrate Supply Company, he goes up and beyond because Colorado state law says that you have to have at least you can have 500 uh, parts per million left behind in your solvent, which means gas, butane. And when you have that heated at a certain temperature, most like 90 percent of consumers are not gauging on how hot that torch is. So even though you're getting really high off that dab those vapors um, from those chemicals of that solvent, how that cannabis was breaking down is actually doing more harm than good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, I consume certain, so there's certain companies that know this and Wes Edison, he actually pulls all those parts per million out and provides a more superior product that we have there. So there's a lot of different companies that are going up and beyond and uh, doing solvent less and just using like heat and pressure yeah. and using like a lot of ovens. So it's really cool. So I like to consume it all. I just have a more of a higher standard. It's almost like the whole food. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that can definitely be good. Uh, yeah. Cause I, for me, cause dab is, is become dabs and vapes have become a big thing uh, in the last couple of years. And of course, you know, all of the negative shit that's been said about vapes and the people that have, right. which people miss the fact that where these kids and where these people got these like vapes from, they got from right. black market fucking people who are on Facebook right. and all that shit. And that's not the way to go about it. No, it's, it's not even from a dispensary is what we've been having to tell people. And they're literally putting honey um, or just something that is not real. You can buy cartridges with a serial barcode anywhere, like on Wish or Amazon or any of those weird websites. 
and then put shit in it and say, I got it from a dispensary. Like you said, black mm-hmm. market, uh, do not do that. Come to a legal state, um, safely consume cannabis, ask your bud tender, let them know it's your first time. Um, and definitely come, come and check us out. Cause that's what we're known for. We'll walk you through it. Oh yeah, man. So it sounds like a pretty cool place. I would, uh, I would love to, to, to visit there sometime. Uh, hopefully, uh, I'll, my band will uh, make our, our way uh, across the state at some point um, in, in the near future. And uh, don't worry, Colorado was already on my, my list anyway. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. uh, and, you know, you just make me want to go there any, uh, e- e- even more. So, uh, excellent. Well, hell yeah. You got to stop on by. Yeah. Like you like to say, you know, we go way back. You know how it mm-hmm. is. When you're in a band, you get it's it's. I'll feed you. Oh yeah, man! I'll, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna put that on the list uh, to make sure that's uh, that's that's known there. Um, Kristen, I appreciate you coming on the first episode of uh, the revamp, the resurrection of Nasty Nation, uh, and talking about what you do and uh, talking about weed because it's it's Thank a great you. thing to to talk about. Um, I I hope you'll be on uh, in further further episodes uh, to discuss. Um, new products, new strains, things of that nature uh, that walk through your door that you're intrigued with and think that you should spread the word to other people. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this was so much fun and I, I can't wait to just talk about cannabis. <laughs> it's gonna of be course, great. of course. Well, look, you, uh, you enjoy the rest of your evening and uh, I will holler at you uh, in the future, near future. All right. I'll talk All to right. you later. later. Bye. And there you have it, folks. Uh, the first episode of Nasty Nation, The Resurrection. I hope you enjoyed uh, uh, this evening's uh, podcast. Um, there's going to be all kinds of excitement and fun things happening. I've been saying fun a lot tonight, so please excuse me. Uh, that's not a word I usually use, but tonight, tonight I've been Mr. Fun, because I've just been saying fun left and right. Fuck it. Who cares, right? Um but we got, uh, I got other things that I've got planned for uh, future episodes. Uh, there's all kinds of uh, good stuff in, in the works. Uh, I want to thank uh, my, my good friend, Chris Payton, uh, who was cool enough to do some reviews, and he will definitely be back uh, for other uh, movie reviews in the future. Um, and my other friend, uh, who also is named Chris Den. It's the, day, it's, the, it's the days of the Chris, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Chris and Marie, for, uh, for coming on. Uh, and talking about what she does at, uh, at the dispensary, Nature's Gift Shop uh, in Colorado, um, and discussing um, the beauty of, of marijuana. Um, she will definitely be back on uh, in future episodes as well. Um, so there you have it. That's it. It's been a good show. Glad you joined me. Make sure that uh, you share. Um, share the link all over the place. Spread the word. Um, go like the Nasty Nation uh, page on Facebook. Um, the episodes will be on there. The link to Anchor, get on there. All that fun shit. Um, also, also don't forget, um, definitely check out uh, Kristen's podcast, Tokes and Tarot, uh, where she uh, discusses what marijuana she is uh, using at that moment. Uh, while she uh, reads tarot cards for the uh, the week, the month, or whatever it is, uh, it's actually uh, really cool to listen to. Um, I was enjoying it earlier myself. 
Um, is there anything else? Is there anything else to, to cover uh, at the end of this podcast? I don't think there is. Um, so, yeah, you all have a good night. And um, you'll be hearing from me real soon. <laughs>